Hello, and welcome to the Whiteboard Basketball Podcast, the place to go for analysis of last week's Magic Games and insight on the future of the franchise from the perspective of real fans. I'm Cole, and on the phone from Philly is Ian, and let's jump right into it. Hey everyone, and welcome to the first real episode of the Whiteboard Basketball Podcast. I'm Ian. I'm Cole. And today, we're going to talk to you about this weekend's Magic Games, the Fultz trade, and what our outlook is for the remainder of the season. Starting with the two weekend games, Cole, wonderful win on Saturday night against the Giannis-less Milwaukee Bucks. We followed that up on Sunday with just a complete domination of the Atlanta Hawks. What stood out to you in these two games here? What do you like? And um, I don't know, man. Just t- tell me what's impressed you. You know, the number one thing that stood out to me definitely in these two games was a total of three minutes for Jerry and Grant. Unbelievable <laughs> coaching job there by Steve Clifford. <laughs> Keeping Jerry and Grant out of the lineup. That is exactly what I love to see out of him. You know, unbelievable performance from him. Uh, coach of the Year award uh, recipient, uh, in my opinion, right there. Um, so that was nice. It is nice to have a little bit of depth, you know, Briscoe's playing, you know, pretty decent with the seven assists. And then, you know, really stood out to me against, um, the Bucks was Nick Vooch with 17 boards and five assists. You know, he's in there, he's battling in the paint. He's killing Brooke Lopez on the glass. And then, you know, he's still managing to pass the ball around, pretty well as well so i mean just like to see vooch keeping the all-star status going he's still absolutely on fire this season yeah i mean vooch played incredibly against the bucks i thought against the um against the hawks he played well didn't have a double actually i take it back he did have a double double that game uh 12 rebounds three assists he's really he's really gotten to be very consistent i mean we've heard coach clifford say in the post-game press conferences uh so far this year when we watch him you know Coach thinks he's a great passer, and you can see that on TV, right? You can see sitting there on TV that, that he really is a good passer, and having him in the middle being able to do uh, not just the bully ball like some of the other centers in the league have and, and some of the centers historically have, uh, th- this is just re- it's really really nice to see. And, you know, like you said, keeping that all-star status going, you know, being a huge part to our team, uh, you know, as we get into the remainder of the season and the playoff push, he's going to be big. He is. Um, you know, the other thing that stood out to me here is Jonathan Isaac's 17 points against the Hawks and 17 points against the Bucks. So I think Isaac is really starting to develop some consistency. Um, I heard, uh, I believe it was Paul Kennedy say on the uh game cast i believe on sunday night against the hawks you know he was really isaac was really upset about being left out of the uh rising star challenge and i think that's really pushed him you know really tried to motivate him to to get better and to you know um show everybody why they were wrong leaving him out and he's done that these last two games yeah honestly that's that's fucking bullshit in my opinion honestly don't even (laughs) i don't even know who's on the team to be honest but if jonathan isaac's not on it then what are we really doing here you know it's obviously it's Total BS. I mean, the one thing that jumped out to me was two blocks against the Bucks, and then five blocks 
against the Hawks along with two steals. Unbelievable, man. I mean, that to me is kind of the future of Jonathan Isaac is the jack of all trades. You know, I think he's going to top out at, you know, 15, 16 points. But if he can throw in, you know, six rebounds, four, five assists, you know, two steals, two blocks, or, you know, two steals and a block or something like that, you know, depending on if he's, you know, going to be more of a three or four, it kind of depends on who he's defending. But that, to me, is what is going to be the future of Jonathan Isaac, just kind of chipping in all across, you know, just stuff in the stat sheet. Yeah, I I agree. I think this summer he is going to develop a a nice three-point shot. I think that's something that he's working on. So with that said, I mean, I think next year he's going to be able to come back and average 20 a game. He needs to get a little bit more consistent and a little bit more... um, uh, excuse me, he needs to get a little more consistent and a little bit more confident from beyond the three-point arc. But, I mean, against Milwaukee, he shot 50% from beyond from uh, the three-point range, and he shot 43%, uh, three-for-seven against the Hawks. So, it, it's not, I mean, these last two games, he's done really well from beyond the arc. Um, he just, you know, he, he just needs to, to keep doing those and build the confidence of, yes, I can be the team's three-point threat in crunch time. Um, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with Terrence Ross this summer and Terrence Ross is finishing games right now, uh, because he's a scary guy from beyond, from beyond the arc. Uh, and I, I think it'd be really cool for, for Isaac to take that over. Um, you know, if we keep Ross or if we don't, you know, I, I just think that'd be awesome for Isaac. Isaac is kind of my, uh, it's quickly becoming my big hopeful is what I'm going to call him for, uh, for our team moving forward. Yeah, I really like what we've seen from Isaac lately. It's really just about keeping him healthy. You know, getting him on the court is is a big one. You know, he's only averaging 8.7 points this year, but I could definitely, I mean, I don't really see 20 next year, but I could see him getting up into the 15 range um, on solid efficiency. I mean, I think it depends, you know, as we start to transition here to more of the rest of the season outlook. If we start going with a, a tank move next year and he wants to put up, you know, 20 points in a Tim Hardaway Jr. fashion, I mean, I guess, but I would much rather see him stick to about 15 and do it efficiently. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And, um, you know, speaking of next year, I, I think that's going to be a really interesting dynamic because I think Fultz is going to be, uh, assuming he's healthy, is going to be a, a huge part of next year um, and, and, and what we do. Uh, you know, because Fultz can get into the lane and Fultz is not the best three-point shooter. But Fultz has the ability, I think, to to grow and to, you know, still work on his game. I mean, the guy's only played 33 games in his entire NBA career. So, uh, which is actually talking about Fultz and what he can bring to the team next year, I think is probably a solid segue into uh, the trade. Cole, yeah. thoughts on the trade? I mean, I, I thought it was, you know, you know, like I said earlier, I think that in terms of uh impact on the court was a six and a half out of ten for me you know i think there's a lot of upside there but you know it's not like a guarantee it's not like we're trading for kemba walker or something but in terms of my expectations as an orlando magic fan you know when at the deadline we've been known for shipping out you know victor oladipo for the rotting carcass of Serge Ibaka, you know and stuff like that you know uh, you know my expectations are unbelievably low so to actually go out there and and make a trade for markel fultz it's a 100 out of 10 for me absolutely massive win for me i'm excited my level of excitement is 100 out of 10 
I mean, I'm keeping my expectations in check, of course, because, I mean, who knows what he's actually going to turn out to be. But just in terms of, like, people across the NBA, like, mentioned that the Orlando Magic existed, you know, we haven't been having that happen for a long, long time. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a rough few years as a, as a as a true Orlando Magic fan here. It's been you know, it's been yeah, it's been rough. What did but, you think about those uh, trade packages? Uh, people have been saying that um, Philadelphia gave us the choice of sending Simmons the OKC fake first and a Cleveland second, or Ross and the Cleveland second. We obviously went with the Jonathan Jonathan Simmons route, but uh, I mean, what do you think the differences are between those? Did you have a one you would have rather gone with. Well, aside from which one I would have rather gone with, um, I, I mean, I, I like the one we went with. I, I think us keeping Ross meant that we are all in on a playoff push. But here's my thing, right? I think that tells the league or tells the media or tells the fans or whoever that we're serious about bringing Terrence Ross back. You know, I mean, if we thought he would have bolt, if we think that he's going to bolt for nothing at the end of the year, which he could do, he's an unrestricted free agent. Um, I think it's, I think it's interesting. I think it's an interesting move to keep him, but I do think he's in the Magic's long term plans. It's just going to be, you know, uh, it, how much we can pay for him, and that's kind of been the big thing right now, right now around people, you know, who cover this team professionally. Um, I think that's that's what it's going to come down to. It's how much can we pay him? I mean, can we get out the door at fifteen million, or is that too high? Or you know, he's making ten now, about about ten. So I, I think that's what it's going to be. But no, I mean, I really liked the I really liked the keeping uh, keeping him and sending Simmons. I mean, I, I think Jonathan Simmons played great last year. wasn't playing so well this year, but um, you know, I mean. You win some, you lose some. Uh, but no, I, you know, I was very, was very happy that we kept Ross because I think Ross is w- who is going to keep us in. Uh, I mean, Ross is going to keep us in the in the season, if you ask me. He's pretty much our only bench right now. Yeah, I think this is definitely a move that helps the future by bringing in Markel Fultz, and then it also helps us out for the rest of the season because Terrence Ross is playing like an absolute animal this year, and also Jonathan Simmons is just playing like absolute trash. So I think you get Simmons out of the picture and that opens up more minutes for Ross, obviously. And then you add in Markel Fultz next year. I I think it's just a massive win for us right there because it's going to help our chances down the stretch here. And then it's going to help us into the future as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this definitely is a next year move, but... I mean, there are there is a chance that he plays this year. Um, I personally don't want to see him step on to the court this year for the Magic because, you know, Briscoe's playing well right now. I think that um, Augustine has kind of held down the floor okay. Uh, just watching him throughout this year, I mean, I'm thoroughly impressed with what he's done. Um, and more than that, I think that he is very good at um, Augustine. I think he's very good once he's in a rhythm, and I feel like he's I feel like he's gotten there. Um, and I still, when I think about bringing Fultz back, the only thing that comes to my mind is Otis Smith's decision to bring back 
Jameer Nelson in the 09 finals that messed up the chemistry that Ray for Austin and Dwight Howard had. That is the only thing I can think of when you say to me, hey, let's bring Fultz in this year. So I, I think it's a next year move uh, for sure. But, you know, still, I mean, I, I'm still excited about it. And, you know, I think he's got a lot of potential next year. Um, you know, he's going to have Augustine around to teach him stuff. And he's going to have, uh, you know, he's going to have people around him who, who, who care and who want to teach him. So I'm very excited about it. I mean, that makes sense to me. Uh, you know, I guess it's just going to depend on the health. You know, I mean... I, I have, like, no idea what thoracic outlet syndrome is, but apparently one of the things that they can do is they can surgically remove one of your ribs, and apparently that's supposed to help. And so that, to me, sounds pretty insane, like some kind of medieval torture or something. So I don't know if uh, I want to really risk that, in my opinion. Just shut him down, and hopefully we don't have to freaking do some kind of insane surgery on, you know, the brightest part of our future. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess it'll depend on uh, what things are looking like for the rest of the season. I don't even know how to pronounce what he has, let alone what it actually is. So. <laughs> Thoracic outlet syndrome. <laughs> Thoracic outlet syndrome. Jesus, I'm so glad I'm not in medicine. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I, I agree, and I'm not arguing with the doctors here. So let him come back. I think that we've got a good thing going right now. Um you know, won five of the last six at time of recording. We're up on the Pelicans, so it looks like we're going to win six of the. Uh, you know, it looks like we're going to win six of the last seven. Uh, I think we have a good thing going. We got one more game before the deadline after after tonight. So you know, just keep it going, keep it rolling, and 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 stay you know stay in this rhythm that we have here. I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. So as of right now. Uh, we are three games back of Charlotte and Detroit in the loss column. We're technically, after we win this game, one and a half back of uh, Detroit and two back of Charlotte. We are a full game behind Miami and two games back of them in the loss column as well, which is something that I have not said in a million years because you really only track the loss column if you're a good team and you're winning because you would assume that the other teams win when... Um, you know, you're trying to make the playoffs. So I haven't been counting in the win in the loss column for a freaking long time as an Orlando Magic fan. Feels pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, m- moving on now, talking, talking about the, the, uh, the remainder of the season here for a few minutes. I mean, you, you're right. We're tracking losses. You know, we're doing things that good teams do. Um, you know, the one thing that I think... So, somebody on another podcast that I listened to said a while back that... Um, I, I went a while back, like two days ago. They said that tonight against the Pelicans is kind of a must-win because this is what good teams do. They win these games and carry on the streak. And so... I feel like we're saying every game is a must-win right now, and it is. Every game that we play from now till the end of the year really is a must-win. Um, but I think I think Thursday against the Hornets on Valentine's Day, so what I want for Valentine's Day is a magic win, but um, I think that is going to be the real must-win. 
The Hornets have blown us out twice this year. Once was Steve Clifford's second game here in Orlando, and then the other one was uh, more recently in January. I think that that is going to be a big game for us. If we can win that, um, I don't know what else is going on in the league that night, uh, but if we can if we can win that game, I, th- I think that puts us, okay, in a real position to be like, wow, we just beat a playoff team, uh, which we have done this year, don't get me wrong, but at this time of year, I think that's a big, uh, I mean, that's that would just be massive. Yeah, I'm trying to look and see who plays tomorrow. I believe Detroit is at Boston, so if they lose and then we beat Charlotte, we would be uh we would be right in there. So we would be one and a half games back of Charlotte and one game back of Detroit, but two in the loss column. Well two so back tr- in the two back in the loss column of both teams. So that that's pretty good, you know? Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. Now, would that mean Detroit is the eight seed there? If everybody loses, well, no, it would stay the same order. Because every right, so every team would just go zero and one in that scenario. Right. So, well, no, I mean, if if we so if we win, right? Detroit loses, and um, oh yeah, we would have the same number of wins as Detroit, but two more losses. Okay, so we'd be we'd be we'd be a game back, and then yeah. tied for ninth. I'm assuming, right? Uh, well, assuming oh, us... assuming Miami loses whenever they're playing next. Okay, so if Miami loses, let's see here. They play tomorrow at Dallas. So you know what? We're gonna have to root for Luca. I mean, I always root for him because. I love him, and that's who I thought should have been the number one pick in the draft, but we're not really talking about that because we're an Orlando Magic podcast. But uh... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. That's completely fair. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, if Dallas can win tomorrow night, that that, that helps us out a lot. And I, th- yeah, I mean, you know, right, because that, that would then tie us and uh, Miami for, for nine. Yeah, so. and then we'd be right in there, two back in the loss column, going into the break. We get, you know, the team some rest because our depth is not good, so we need to get the guys some rest for the stretch run. Nick Vooch, as much as I love him, uh, may not step foot on the court in the All-Star game if they're actually trying to win. No offense to Nick Vooch, but um, he's just not really an All-Star game type player in terms of, like, winning an All-Star game. But I think he definitely deserves to be on the All-Star team. He's a total beast. So we're going to get some good, some nice rest for the guys for the stretch run, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's sort of, I mean, it's sort of all we can hope for here. Uh, looking at the schedule, though, the rest of the year, uh, well, we got another, another few minutes here. Um, we come back from the All-Star break. Uh, first off, we have a few days, we have a few days off, which, like you were saying, is, is great for, uh, great for the rest uh, there, but... We come back from the All-Star break, and on that Friday night, we open up against what should be a win. Hopefully, we're Magic fans. We don't know. Against the Chicago Bulls at home. So, if we win that, then then we're, then we're actually right in there. Then we're like a half a game back of 
Um, well, Detroit's not going to lose that night, so never mind. Because Detroit's playing Atlanta, so that's not going to help us. And Charlotte plays Washington, so that's not really going to help us either. Well, that's the thing is, it's helping us by not hurting us, because if we blow that game, then now we're one game farther back because we know that Detroit and Charlotte are going to win. So we have to win to keep pace. That's part of it. Well, you basically just want to win every game, you know? Right. So to me, that's a must win. If we blow that, then it's like, what is the point of trying, you know? But honestly, I've said that, like, basically... Every single time we lose, I'm like, that's it. We're eliminating ourselves from the playoffs, you know? And then every time we win, I'm like, well, actually, we're not really that far out of it just because all the other teams are so bad that, like, you know, we've blown a game against the Bulls already, you know? When we lost the uh, the seven straight after Evan Fournier said that he's going to be done if the Magic don't make the playoffs, and we lost, like, seven straight, and I was like, wow, We've just eliminated ourselves from the playoffs, and here we are, like, six games later, and we're freaking right back in it. Yeah, I mean, this team is actually very surprising to me. And the Magic game just went final, 118-88 over the New Orleans Pelicans. I don't know. Here, I'm clicking on it now to see if Anthony Davis played at all. Um I, I don't really care whether or not he did because, uh, you know, we just won by 30. He but did. Oh, wow, yeah, 24 did. minutes, 3.6 rebounds, 3 blocks, 1 of 9. You know what that means? Vooch was stepping it up big time on D. Oh, my God, dude, what the hell? Dude, look at this team, man. Jaleel Okafor, 8 points tonight on 4 of 9 shooting. You know, I mean, Vooch was an absolute terror in the paint tonight. Unbelievable, That's... dude. Nick Vooch, 25-17, and 17, three assists and two steals tonight on 10 of 18 shooting, plus 29 for Nick Vooch. John Isaac, 20 points, seven boards and three blocks. Holy shit, dude. He must have been guarding AD. That is wow. unbelievable, man. Aaron, Aaron Gordon. Gordon, 30 point. I'm sorry. Aaron Gordon in 33 minutes, 20 points, uh, four boards, four rebounds, four assists, uh, two steals. He, I don't care what anybody says. He has become like he, he is now the small forward, right? We've you and I have talked about this before in today's NBA, and I've heard people on other podcasts say this in today's NBA. The um, the three and the four, the small four and the power forward are pretty much interchangeable, right? Thank yeah. you, Stan Van Gundy. Um, but that said, and if you're a true Magic fan and have been following the team for as long as we will, you you, you get the where the thank you, Stan Van Gundy, comes from. Um, but, I mean, you, you look at it, right? And, I mean, Gordon is better, in my opinion, at defending... And I think people agree with me. Gordon is better um, at defending on the perimeter, I think, than Isaac is. But I think both of them do about the same thing on offense. You know, I think Gordon is a little bit better in the post than Isaac is on offense. So I feel like offensively, Isaac's the three, Gordon's the four, and then on defense, it flips. So, I mean... 
you know, you and I have had this conversation. I actually think the two of them playing together is going to work long term. Um, you know, I mean, obviously Gordon's contract is kind of made to trade, but I, I, I really do think it's going to work long term. And when you look at what we did tonight, <laughs> it worked pretty well. Yeah, I mean, one thing, the thing that jumps out the most to me, well, I mean, not necessarily the most, I don't know, the the 25 and 17 from Vooch just explodes off the page. But to me, the next biggest thing is Jonathan Isaac getting up nine threes tonight. He only made two, but the fact that he's actually shooting it out there, to me, is a great sign for him getting that three-point percentage up and becoming a real threat from the outside or at least being respectable from the outside like one of the key things is you actually have to shoot it out there you know i know uh, one of the other podcasts they call it a record scratch moment when you know oh here's uh dj augustine nick vooch pick and roll you know dj augustine cuts into the paint he kicks it out to aaron gordon for three and he pump fakes it and he draws a second defender and he kicks it up back to the top of the key and the other defender rotates over and he fires it back down into Vooch and everybody runs into Vooch and then Vooch kicks it back out to the wing and it's a wide open three-pointer and oh my god it's Jerry and Grant and he he looks like he's gonna shoot and then he does a pump fake because actually he's not a good three-point shooter and it's like record scratch you know oh shit we just fucking operated this whole play perfectly with like great passing and jerry and grant totally screws it up by not taking the three honestly not taking the three might be a plus but you know what i mean like whenever you have that guy on the backside where you whip it around and he's open that guy has to shoot the three he's got to be able yeah. to get it up you know you have to be a threat from outside to make people guard you and just the fact that he's getting up nine threes is beautiful to me i'm hyped about that yeah, and I, I really do think the percentage will come. You know, he's working with the shooting coach from what I've heard. Um, you know, he's, from what people said, he seems like he have have a really good work ethic. I, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll get there. I think he will be shooting a good percentage from beyond the arc. And, I mean, again, you know, two games ago, he shot 50% from the arc and took six. So he's getting them up. I think tonight was just kind of an off night uh, behind the arc, but... I mean, other than that, he I mean, he took 18 shots tonight. That's tied for the most on the team with Vooch. So I think that's actually uh, that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's shooting under 30% so far this year, but he's getting up three a game, which is like three and a half a game is really where you want to be to be like a threat from the outside. So, I mean, he's getting the numbers up. You know, like I said, he was injured at the beginning of the year. He's coming back. I'd like to take a deeper look and see what he's been doing in the past, you know, 20, 25 games maybe. But yeah, just the fact that he's getting nine up to me is huge. Um, You know, we've talked a lot about getting into the eight seed, but, you know, God forbid we pull an Orlando Magic and choke it away at the end of the year and end up, you know, going for the tank. You know, I'll go ahead and look at the overall standings here. And we were actually were tied with the Pels for the eighth pick eighth seed we're just gonna say seed from now on even though it's the opposite it's the eighth pick but since we won we're now in ninth um you know we're whatever one game behind new orleans but i mean we're not that far away from washington you know memphis we could move up into that sixth pick range pretty easily we're about two games back of memphis i guess for the sixth pick i don't think it's possible to catch atlanta 
they're kind of locked in at the five. But the difference between the six and the 10 is absolutely massive in terms of going for a nice pick. Yeah, I mean, for me at least, I'm not even thinking about the pick this year. I think the playoffs are more valuable than the pick because of what the playoffs will do for this team. You look at what happened with Oladipo when our esteem, love him to death, not really, general manager Rob Hennigan traded him for nothing, right? Yeah. Essentially. And I, no, that's right, we didn't give up a pick. We gave, well, we essentially gave up the 11th pick, too. So we gave up Oladipo and the 11th pick for essentially Terrence Ross, which is kind of working out well, but at the same time, it's neither here nor there. Um, I mean, you look what happened when he went to OKC and started playing meaningful games, right? He's an all-star now. So, you know, I think that, um, I, I think if this team gets to go to the playoffs, you will see more than just Nick Vooch make an all-star team next year. That is, on that's one of my bets for next year. Uh, I, I think you'll see more than Vooch make an all-star team or... Maybe Vooch won't. Maybe, you know, Isaac or Gordon will step up. I, I just think that making the playoffs is is a little bit more important to this team right now than, than a good pick. Although, you know, you and I have, ta- you and I have talked about this before. Um, you know, having, having a good pick this year is, is important uh, if we don't win. If we don't make the playoffs, yeah, I, I think, I you know, in hindsight I will say yes, we should have tanked. But, I mean... I'm kind of enjoying this, right? We're in February. We're in the middle of February talking about meaningful basketball. Hasn't happened since I had my learner's permit. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. A, it's a great feeling. You know, the one thing is, you know, we could use an infusion of talent. And so if we start to fall out of it, you know, if we sink back to, you know, four or five games out, we need to be ready to pull the plug to catch Memphis. Because personally, I would love to get Zion you know, I, I love that guy. Yeah, I'm sure we all saw the block that he had on Twitter where he like or um he blocks that three pointer where he rotates out from the paint and he jumps like freaking like twenty five feet in the air and he just like he just jumps in the air and it's slow motion and you're like, oh, okay, there he is at the top of his jump and then he just like keeps going for like another whole foot in the air. It's like unbelievable. And then to me, I really want to get into that top three pick because you got Zion, John ja Morant, or RJ Barrett right in there in the top three. So if we where we are now and we blow this thing and we stay the nine pick or we get um, we pass Miami technically, we're looking at a fourteen and a half percent chance of a top three pick. But if we can catch Memphis, that goes up to twenty seven point six percent chance of a top three, and um, about a four percent better chance of a top four. And then the one thing to me as well is at the six pit at the six seed, the worst your pick can get is tenth, but there's only a point one percent chance. So really, you're going to be nine or better at the nine spot. You're looking at you know eleven or better at a worst case scenario of thirteen. So you got to think that the odds of moving down are much more significant when you're the when you're the nine pick. Yeah. No. I. I, I agree with that, and we, we, we got about three more minutes here um, on, on the episode, but I'm going to ask you this. 
let's pretend for a second that we are sitting on May 1st and the Magic finish the season in the ninth playoff seed, right? So we missed the playoffs, but we're ninth in the conference, whatever. Do you think coming back next year, another 19-year-old kid... Look, Zion's incredible. But do you think another 19-year-old kid is going to be able to be the one to come in and be like, yes, I'm putting us over the top. Next year, we're getting the sixth seed. Uh, I mean, Zion, but besides, besides him, I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing, though, is like if... You know, you're saying, hey, a draft pick isn't going to be enough to get us to the playoffs, but, like, not having the draft pick already was not enough to get us to the playoffs. So, like, I really... No, I mean, I, no, I, mean I, I, I know what you're saying, right? And I, and I get it, and I agree. Um, my thing would be, okay, so if we're the ninth seed, that means we would be, like... Uh, what we would be like, like the fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth overall pick somewhere in there, right? No, we'd be tenth with Miami because that's who they are. They're the first team out right now because the East oh, would... is like, yeah, the bottom of the East is so awful that we would only fall to ten. But still, that puts us at a nine point nine percent chance at a top three, which is like five percent lower than pick nine and like 18 percent lower than pick six yeah i mean you and i'll continue this debate on the next episode because i i do want to get into this a little bit more but we're uh, we're about out of time here but i i will leave you with this and then we'll continue it uh next time i would rather trade the 10th pick and fournier or something for like nobody um, get cash and be able to bring in a, a, a decent free agent. I, I think right now for this team, and, and, and my, my overall point with this is, I think at this point for this team, the, the cash and the free agency market is more important than the draft. Um, not saying I think we're getting Anthony Davis next summer, not saying I think we're getting um, Kyrie or Kemba. You know, yeah, Kyrie or Kemba this summer or KD. Not saying that. But what I'm saying is if we can get somebody in here, uh, our team our team gets better. We get somebody in here who is you know like that next tier down after Kyrie and Kemba, right? And you know someone who can kind of create their own shot, and then Isaac becomes. You know, Isaac and Gordon continue to improve this offseason. I would rather have that than um, go out and get another 19-year-old kid. Not saying Zion isn't incredible, but that's just me. I mean, I do like that, and I would agree. Like, I'm all in for making the playoffs. It's been absolutely forever since I've even said the word playoffs and the Orlando Magic in the same sentence. But uh, I just think that once we fall out of it, Let's not be afraid to pull the plug. You know, if it's like, hey, we're we're there's a one percent chance we're making the playoffs, pull the plug immediately because that like ups your chances of getting Zion or a top three pick by so much, and then that increases the odds of you getting a guy who can make an impact immediately the next year. You know. No, I, I mean, 
I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But all right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for listening to the first real episode of the Whiteboard Basketball po- Podcast. Cole, always a pleasure debating you, my friend. And um, you and I will talk soon. I will see you on the next episode. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. All right. Have a good one, guys.